Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Jam-packed edition of JJ After Dark. It's John Zastrzemski right here on The Fan. And it's week 15 in the NFL. The storylines are really taking shape. It looks like the AFC is Kansas City's to lose. The Buffalo Bills are coming on strong. Who knew you'd have a race between Washington and the Giants in the NFC East? And to help us make sense of it all, one of my all-time favorites. And let's just say for me, I'm getting a little early Christmas present because this gentleman and the Great Iron Eagle will be doing the pivotal Week 15 New England-Miami game down in South Florida. We welcome in one of the best in the business, my main man, the great Charles Davis over at CBS Sports. CD, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. How are you? What's happening? I'm doing well, JJ. Appreciate you having me on, and uh, happy holidays to everyone who can hear our voices. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, however you celebrate it. I hope it's uh, hope it's enjoyable because it sure has been a trying 2020. Let's send it out right and let's go ahead and get ready for 2021 because it's got to be better. CD, so. you ain't kidding. You ain't kidding. And let's start here. You know it's been a trying year, but in the NFL, I feel like what we started with at the outset of 2020 is kind of the way we're going to end 2020. I know they've been in some close games. I, I know they've had a couple of close calls. But man, Charles, I really have a hard time believing that the Kansas City Chiefs, with the way Patrick Mahomes is playing, with all of their firepower on offense, that they are going to be denied. So I guess let's start here. If there's a formula, if there's a blueprint to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, who I think, and I think you probably feel the same way, they're the team to beat right now. What is that blueprint? Well, I think we've seen evidence of it. Now, can it be sustained? Can it kick in in the playoffs? And what I mean is, let's start from the defensive side of the ball against Kansas City and the KC Track Club, right? I don't think blitzing Patrick Mahomes consistently is a formula for success. He tends to eat those alive. And when you blitz and he replaces where the blitzer came from with the ball with a big strike downfield, he will make you pay. That's one thing. I do think teams that have good cover people and can put pressure on him with their front only, four-man pressure, 
occasionally five. But for the most part, four-man pressures, three if, you, if that's what you're going after and, you, and people can actually get home, that's where they have a little bit more trouble. I, I would flood downfield with more bodies if you have good coverage people, if you have the opportunity. But you can't flood downfield if you don't you don't make him move, if you don't get in his face. You know, if he's able to sit back there, I don't care how many bodies you put downfield, he'll find someone and put it on him. But look at look at this season. The one loss they had, I would say plug in the tapes. And the Raiders, when you look at their numbers over the over this season, they don't have a lot of numbers in the sack category, JJ. You know, people are like, where's the pass rush? Who is their pass rusher? Max Crosby? Like, he's it, right? You know, Cleve Farrell had flashed against the Jets, and then I had him last week, and we didn't call his name very often. But in that game, they consistently got pressure on Patrick Mahomes with just the front guys. Farrell, Farrell played well. Uh, Crosby played well. Nassib was there for a while. You know, but for whatever reason in the second half, they put pressure on it and dropped people. That was the game he threw his first interception of the year with Jeff Heath. They played well, and they beat them. And you remember the second game, they played well against them and almost beat them. I think teams like that, and it's really weird that I bring up the Raiders because consistently they don't get home in the pass rush. But in those games against Kansas City, they were in his face. They made him move. And I'll give you another weird one. Two seasons ago, in the Super Bowl year, they went to Detroit. Go back and check the numbers. Patrick Mahomes may have been a 50% thrower that day. You don't think of Detroit as a defensive juggernaut. But that day, they made him move, get him off the spot, drop people in the coverage, and it was a difficult day. They muddied it up downfield. To me, that's the formula. And now who can execute it once they get to the playoffs? Who's got that type of pass rush? And who has the coverage people downfield? Okay, CD, a team that's coming on strong the last couple weeks. They've opened my eyes, and maybe shame on me because I picked against them on Monday Night Football. I picked against them again on Sunday night, and I'm 0 for 2 when it comes to the Buffalo Bills. They got a quarterback who's gaining confidence in Josh Allen. They're getting a little healthier on defense. Maybe I'm being a little bit of a prisoner of the moment here, but is it crazy to say, Charles, Buffalo might be? Kansas City's biggest test in the AFC? I don't think it's crazy at all. And it's funny that you brought that up because my 23-year-old son said that to me last night. (laughs) He said, I think Buffalo's the one. He said, I I think they're the one that could give them the most trouble. And I said, okay, that's easy for you to say. Why? And he said, secondary. And the way that they do things up front they possibly can give them some trouble. You know, the, the brain trust of Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott working together. Okay. Then you got Jerry Hughes, who comes off the edge very well for them. It's funny how Justin Zimmer, that young kid who's beat out a bunch of other people to get some more playing time, has bounced in there. And they have, they mix and match coverages really well downfield with a set of safeties who are so poor. You Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Tredavious White was an all-pro corner last year. Levi Wallace has played well for them in, in recent games. He struggled for a while there during the season. Josh Norman, if he can hit any kind of form down the stretch, could be a big-time addition for them. So, yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Plus, Buffalo plays with such confidence on offense that they don't spend a lot of – I don't think that they'll be intimidated walking in there to play. They feel like they've got some quick strike ability, too. You know, with digs and, and being able to throw it downfield that way, Beasley catching everything that's thrown at him, 
keep an eye on the tight end Dawson Knox, JJ, because he was drafted to be a, a, a downfield threat and a stretch guy. He's gone through it this year, injuries, COVID. But guess what? I think he's starting to come on. I think he's starting to round into form. That's a good football team. And when John Feliciano came back to play offensive line, whether he's playing guard or center, he brings a real element of toughness to them that really helps them up front. CD, let's assume right now we got Kansas City, we got Pittsburgh, we got Buffalo and Tennessee. Let's just assume those are going to be the four division winners. As I'm going through and you're going through the wild card possibilities, and there are a bunch of teams in the mix right now, is there one above the rest from Indy to Baltimore to Miami to Vegas that you think profiles in that, like, dangerous team that I wouldn't want to see coming into my building come playoff time? Baltimore. They, they'd scare the heck out of me. Because, J.J., you talk about a team that's 14-2 and two last year. It's essentially the same team. You talk about going through the mill in the last three weeks, huh? I mean, you think about what they've gone through. Think about all everybody wanting to write them off. I remember before the Pittsburgh game, they kept getting postponed, and all of a sudden would, would end up playing it on a Wednesday. You know, there's all that vitriol that came out. Because remember, Pittsburgh had to sit twice now through no fault of their own. But the, the tough part is, you know, they're like, ah, you guys got to take care of business over there. And then they end up having guys test. I mean, COVID, COVID can come get us all, J.J., we can do all the right things if COVID can come get us. So you got to be careful with that. And it's hard because I can understand Pittsburgh's frustration. Twice this year, they've had games changed. They lost their open week, all this without breaks. And, you know, Tennessee had the big one that, that caused the domino effect for them. But Baltimore, what I saw against Cleveland on Monday night, was that a heck of a game? How much fun was that? Oh, game? it's so I mean, much fun. And, Charles, do you think good feel if McSorley didn't blow out his knee? Is Lamar coming back into that game on fourth down? Like, I was trying to figure that out watching it live. We know he was dealing with the cramps. That yeah. that sequence, I mean, that might make or break what happens here with Baltimore. I think if they lose that game Monday night, they're dead. They're not making the playoffs this year. They're not, but how, how about how they hung in there, battled the whole way, set the pace, made Cleveland chase, and give Cleveland credit because they could have gone away in that one, and they didn't. And I hope everybody can kind of relax on the Baker Mayfield stuff for a while. That's one. Oh, tough, he was playing tough. great. And CD, how good. about how about having Tucker at the end of these games? I mean, you talk so, about so the ultimate weapon. Insane. It doesn't matter if it's 50, 55, 57. I'm watching it at home. I'm saying there's no way in the world this guy's missing this kick. He's too good. You know what's so funny about it? I'm sitting there when he lined up. What was it, 55? Yeah. I, I, I said to my family, I said, you know, he's over there saying, really? Why don't you guys give me a challenge? And, and, and they're looking at me like, what? And I said, this is Justin Tucker, 55. And you saw what happened. I said, ball will be climbing when it goes to the post. Don't you worry about this one. And sure enough, he did it. And it reminded me of when I was calling college football years ago when Mason Crosby was at Colorado. He ended up kicking a 48-yard field goal against Colorado State in the season opener because Colorado State screwed up and squib kicked a, 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 a kickoff at the end of the game and gave him field position. And I remember I said before, I said it on air, I said 48. I remember 48 was a big-time kick. For Mason Crosby, 48's a walk in the park. And that bad boy went right through the post just like that. I thought the exact same thing with Justin Tucker at 55 last night. We got the great Charles Davis, NFL on CBS. He will be on the call with Ian Eagle for a make-or-break game 
for my beloved Miami Dolphins. That's where we're going next, CD, because you're going to get a chance to see my guy Tua for the first time in person as a Miami Dolphin. I'm fired up you guys are doing the game. I thought he was terrific in the second half, but they're not going to have Mike Gesicki. They're beat up at wide receiver, and we know the numbers. I was going through them earlier. The numbers for Bill Belichick against rookie <laughs> quarterbacks or guys going up against Bill Belichick's defense for the first time, yeah. they ain't pretty. So, first-hand look, doing research, doing some homework, what has your take been to a Miami Dolphin quarterback? Have you liked what you've seen? I have liked what I've seen, JJ, and I like what the growth that I've seen. Because, look, it's a normal rookie thing, and you hear it all the time in the NFL. And you go to any training camp, ordinarily you get the rookie quarterback. I don't care if he's a hot shot or not. He'll be in the pocket in training camp, and he'll pat the ball, pat the ball, and he won't turn it loose. And the coach will say, well, what happened there, son? What's the deal? And he said, well, coach, he wasn't open. And he's like, son, in the NFL, that's open. That ball's got to be gone, okay? You're not getting the super wide-open windows you're used to seeing in college. So if you can't anticipate throws, anticipate windows, and put the ball in there, you're not going to be successful. Well, one thing, Tua was very successful at doing it at Alabama, was doing that. But if you look back at his receiving core at Alabama, it's kind of like, remember when Florida had Danny Werfel? And Danny's, sure timing, Danny's timing was so exquisite. But the separation those guys got, the Redell Anthony's, the Ike Hilliers, the Jacquez Green's, was ridiculous. Well, the same thing happened at Alabama. So Tua was beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But look at the receiving core. All right? Look at the guys already got in the NFL, the guys who were on their, on their way to the NFL that he played with. Phenomenal. Well, here's what I'm seeing now, though. In this last ball game, especially second half of Kansas City, watching the tape, I saw more of the anticipation throws that you have to make as an NFL quarterback. I thought early on he was being very careful with the ball, which you would expect out of a rookie. He wanted to see a guy open before the ball was gone. I thought he made some anticipation. There's the window. I'm turning it loose throw. I thought he made more of those against Kansas City, and I expect more of those to continue to come. I am very impressed with the young man so far. And by the way, if you, don't, if you think he's injury prone, if you think he's brittle, you don't call a play where he's going to sneak out of the backfield after pitching to Lynn Bowden and go out for a pass. You know, I cringed when I saw that CD at first, but you know what? You nailed it. That should tell you something about his status, that Changeli and Brian Flores are signing off on Lynn Bowden throwing to a pass. I I think that hip and I think that body's feeling A-OK. That's a great sign for them. And you know what, CD? Listen, I want them to make the playoffs. It be a thrill. The fact that they're playing these meaningful games in December and he's playing a quarterback and they got all those Texan picks coming up next year, first and yep. second rounder, their future is so, so bright no matter what happens the rest of this year. Absolutely agree with that. I expect them to battle very hard for that spot, although their schedule's brutal down the stretch. All right, it's not easy, okay? Started with Kansas City, right? End up having this one here with New England, okay? They end up on the road at Buffalo in the last game of the year. Now, what that will mean to Buffalo at that time, you know, remains to be seen. Because I think they can clinch this week if they win on Saturday. But we'll see where it is. It might be planned for positioning. But their schedule's not easy down the stretch. Doesn't mean anything other than it gives them a chance. And here's the other thing. All of this that we're talking about right now started last year with GM Chris Greer and head coach Brian Flores. Greer and his staff evaluating what they were going to do in the draft, what they're doing in free agency. 
Flores coaching his football team with none of this tank for Tua stuff going on. And what ended up happening? They won games. People lost their mind. We're not going to get Tua. Tua gets hurt. Ah, now we can't. Now we can't get um, Joe Burrow. We should have been number one. Still got two at five. And the team learned that Brian Flores didn't give a you know what about that nonsense. All he cared about was building this team to understand how to win. That started last year. They had a rough start this year because of what they built last year. They persevered. It's carried over, and look at where they are right now. I give that that front office, starting with Chris Greer and head coach Brian Flores, a ton of credit to put them where they are right now. But to me, it started last season. CD, I go back a couple of years ago. We were having conversations about Carson Wentz in the MVP conversation. And before he blew out his knee in L.A., I think he was on his way to winning the MVP. He he was having that sort of year. What has happened with Carson Wentz? And listen, I like Jalen Hurts, tough kid, played well. I think they made the right call going to him. But, I mean, for the amount of money the Eagles have invested in Carson Wentz, do you get the sense they'll be able to salvage that relationship? What has happened in Philadelphia? Well, I think they're going to have to try their best. Now, it's not as impossible to make a move with him as maybe we may think, but it's still pretty difficult. You're asking teams to take on a lot, what you're going to deal, et cetera. So here's what I think. Over time, they've lost continuity in receiving core because how many times have you had that top-level receiving core available for Carson Wentz? You know, Deshaun Jackson, I, I was with Kevin Burkhart then, and we did that season opener when Deshaun Jackson came back to Philadelphia. You remember how sensational he was? When's the last time you saw Deshaun Jackson able to be on the field and be sensational? He's been dinged pretty much, <laughs> I mean, since the early part of that season. That's 2018. Alshon Jeffrey, how many games has he played consistently for them? Okay, so last year when they made the playoffs and went 4-0 down the stretch, he was throwing to guys like you and me, and I, and I hate to say it that way because I'm not trying to be you know, facetious. I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm not trying to denigrate their play. But they weren't guys that they would have expected. Greg Ward down the stretch who has been on practice squad most of the time. Perkins, the tight end, who they picked up late in the season. And Carson Wentz did some of his best quarterback and fashioned that together. Offensive line, where's the continuity there? They don't have it. And he's taking hits. He's holding the ball. He's lost confidence. He's making bad decisions. I agreed in getting Jalen Hurts in there, if nothing more than to get Carson Wentz out because he needed to get out of there. He was having a major confidence problem. I think in the offseason, they're going to have to let them battle it out and see if Carson Wentz can make it back because I just don't see that contract going somewhere else. And I just don't know that you go into next year with that contract clearly number two without a chance to get back to being the number one guy. Maybe an offseason, maybe a rebuild, you know, let him work his way through some things, but let him fight for the job next year and let Jalen Hurts play it out this year. CD, locally, they're going to miss you and I ain't doing the game. I mean, New York's loss is my game, so I'm A-OK with it. I'm glad that you guys are going down to South Florida. But the Giants need a win if they're going to yeah. stay alive here in the NFC East. Um, what has your overall take of the Giants been this year? To me, they've been well-coached. Yep. I appreciate the fact that they dug out at a 1-7 and seven hole, um, but I think they might have dropped the ball by putting Daniel Jones out there last week. He did not seem right. He did not have mobility. He, he struggled mightily against the Arizona Cardinals, 
And I just don't like their chances to win this division. They got Cleveland this week. They got Baltimore next week. Far more favorable schedule for the Washington football team. You think ultimately the Giants fall short, or do you think the Giants can find a way to win this division? I think it's going to be really difficult for them to pull it out because of the reasons you're stating. And it felt like as I watched, you know, what few highlights I saw of it, maybe a week too soon for Daniel Jones. But I understood why. I mean, we've seen it. This is this is this is part of the long game for the Giants as well. Your quarterback's got to play at less than 100% at certain times, and you're kind of trying to see if he can do it. Unfortunately for him, the turnover situation cropped back in, didn't it? Okay, part of that goes with injury. You know, goes with playing hurt. He'll learn from it. The team will learn from it. But that schedule down the stretch, because you're right, we thought we were going to do Cleveland and the Giants, you know, and then the flex scheduling happened and what and what have you. Understand, we're happy to be going to do Miami and New England. I was going to say, with but, the weather here in the New York area, Charles, trust me, fine. you'll be in shorts and a T-shirt we're, as opposed to bringing okay. a winter coat out, you know? Yeah, we're okay. Listen, we're calling NFL games, JJ. You're Send winning. Anywhere, right? I ain't meant to that. That is exactly. true. But I think this Giants team has been well coached. I think that they've, 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 they've battled their way through a lot of things. I think we're seeing now some of the personnel decisions that maybe people were questioning earlier with, with Dave Gettleman have come to fruition for them building the offensive line, which I think has played pretty well for them overall. You know, obviously losing Barkley is a, a blow for them, but they still have to continue to build talent, continue to build around the quarterback, and he has to keep getting better. He's got to take care of the football, all right? That's, look, the Hippocratic oath for doctors begins with physician first do no harm. For a quarterback in the NFL, it really is take care of the football and give your team a chance. And when he does that, Giants are pretty good, and I just love the way they battled. But how tough is it for them to look at the schedule, look at this season, and if it goes the way we expect and Washington ends up winning the division, the Giants are really going to hate it because didn't they sweep Washington? They sure did. <laughs> you know? So they won't even put the, you know, depending on how it goes, can they be in a position where the tiebreaker comes into play? Because if so, it's their division. But, boy, they've got to beat Cleveland, got to beat Baltimore, and both of them need these games. So you're not running up against teams that, hey, we're locked in, we're okay, maybe we don't play everyone. No, Baltimore's got to have it. Cleveland wants to be in that position as well. And guess what? That division race is now back up for grabs in in the AFC North. So obviously both of them are going to be going after it hard. CD, final one, and I appreciate the time. The last time we had a conversation, the NFC was a muddle mess. Well, you fast forward a couple weeks later, CD, the NFC is still a muddled mess, and I'm still having a hard time trying to figure out who I like the most. It may come down to who gets that number one seed. You know, maybe a team like the Saints playing outside is problematic. Maybe a team in the West, the Rams or the Seahawks, gets hot. If there's one team Charles Davis believes in here on December, middle of December 2020, is there one team you like more than the others here in the NFC? I like one quarterback more than I like anyone else. It's Let Aaron me guess. Rogers. Is that Rogers? Yeah, good guess. Yeah, Aaron yeah, Rogers. Good guess. You know, I, I, I mean, I can't help it. It's it's looking at what he's doing. It's looking at how that offense is clicking. And I feel like the defense has made some strides. Now, are they going to run into someone that runs the ball with the same authority that San Francisco ran with last year on their way to the Super Bowl? Because that's what gives Green Bay the most trouble. Seattle is not that team anymore. Right, they're not the team that just just lines up and beats you up with the run game. We haven't seen that this season. Okay, 
the Rams. Now, Cam Akers came alive. I think that Sean McVay is a good enough coordinator and smart enough and egoless enough that if it's working, he's going to stay with it. He's not going to look at his menu and just go, well, let me show you how smart I am by, by calling passes when I don't need to. That would scare me if I were Green Bay because I know Sean McVay is capable of that and his team's playing better right now. But that's, to me, Green Bay is the team, unless they run into someone who's going to be totally dedicated to beating them up in the run game, and they have to prove that they can stop it because last year they could not. Can they do it this year? You know, New Orleans, they can run the football. I don't know that they're dedicated to stand with it all the time. The great Charles Davis. Check him out. NFL on CBS. He'll be down in South Florida for the Patriots and the Dolphins. CD, I'm looking forward to it. I got two of my favorites calling a game, you and I and Eagles. So I know there'll be entertainment. Hopefully a couple of two with touchdowns, and we'll see where it takes us. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and the family. Let's chat soon, all right? Hey, let's do it, JJ. Again, happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Everyone can hear our voices and everyone continue to stay safe. Thanks, JJ. You're the best. He's the best. That's Charles Davis over at CBS Sports. We got a lot more to do. JJ After Dark rolls on right after this. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.